your lungs with air and let a hallelujah begin to roll. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, this will do more for you than anything else. He inhabits the praises of his people. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. It feels good in the atmosphere. I thank God for this wonderful church. So many things through the weekend, through the week, whether it be Bible studies that are taught or being here cooking food for families that are having funerals and home-going services. Just church is an amazing church. Working, changing out tiles, cleaning out stuff, just so many different things. And I'm thankful for you. And why don't you give yourself a big hand? You're a wonderful group of people. Well, there's a couple types of vacations that you could have. Uh, and that is what I'm talking about is some that you plan out. You're excited about it. You're geared up for it. But then sometimes people like just win a vacation. You didn't plan on it. Just all of a sudden you get something in the mail this weekend. You got a Disney cruise. Come on. The excitement of, oh, my goodness, I didn't plan on it, but here it is. And all of a sudden, just this past week, but the client says, I'm going to be in your area. And I didn't plan on it, but I said, here it is. It's like a vacation I didn't even plan on. I'm just excited. And Brother Kleinitz is no stranger to this church. We love him here. We're so thankful that he was driving through our area and we get the benefits of it. So right now, why don't you praise the Lord as Brother Kleinitz comes to minister. If the Lord's been good to you, and I know he has, how about one more great praise of thanksgiving, gratefulness for all that the Lord has done and is doing and will continue to do. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will be glad and rejoice in it. Sometimes you just have to decide to be happy. I'm just going to be. Amen. And uh, I feel like we're in a great place here today. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is moving throughout this service. I've already felt His Spirit so wonderfully. You come to church on any given Sunday, there are a lot of needs and a lot of situations. We've heard today already some very serious situations. Folks that need the help of the Lord, the comforting of the Lord. And uh, we always need the Word of the Lord. And before I ever came to this service today, the Lord dealt with me about something I thought I would just tell you right here. You know, when you come to the house of God, uh, we need to turn our attention to the word of the Lord, which we're about to do, and receive something of instruction, something of understanding, something we can build on. And then we come around the altar, and when we come to the altar, it's time to move then into the spirit ministry. From word ministry to spirit ministry. And when we move into that area, whatever it is you need from God, whether it was mentioned in the sermon or not, is available to you. We, you don't have to preach about healing for you to be healed. Not necessarily to preach about comfort for you to be comforted. The word of the Lord will come for its moment, and then the spirit of the Lord begins to minister to every need that is in the house. So I would encourage you, whatever need you have, the Lord surely knows. And when we come to pray and worship the Lord around this altar, the Lord and the Spirit will minister to you in a very personal and very private manner. It is my blessing to be here. We are very honored and thrilled. Thank Pastor for letting us come. We've been uh, in the area for a few weeks, going to be around all the way through Touch the Future. And uh, been down in Fort Lauderdale area preaching. And just closed up there Wednesday night. And then they started celebrating my 50th birthday. Amen. And, uh, pastor drove down. We had a nice 50th surprise 50th birthday party. I liked whoever said just a baby. I like that. Amen. That would have bothered me years ago, but I like it now. <laughs> and... Um, 
So my birthday is actually coming up on Thursday of this week, but we got started last week. It's going to be the year of celebration. <laughs> the Kleindance birthday party coming soon to a church near you. So uh, whatever y'all want to plan and get ready for, uh, be fine. You know, I'll be back here at Touch the Future. I'm sure, you know, something special could be done at that time, you know. <laughs> Amen. I'm very blessed. Of course, my wife is with me. Both our sons are still in Fort Lauderdale, but they'll be catching up. Glad to have my wife and our two nieces, uh, Sister Rachel and uh, Sister Elizabeth. And uh, Elizabeth just prayed through the Holy Ghost on Wednesday night down there. I think she re-prayed through is what we ought to say. Amen. And they're going to be with us through tonight. Amen. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Give honor to Bishop. Give honor to Pastor, give honor to the Varnum family, and to all of these members of this great church. And happy Cosmonauts Day. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1, for the reading of the word of the Lord. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So, they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren... We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I want to preach about being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit of God. Father, I pray over your word that it would find a lodging place in every heart. Let the word be spoken with anointing and, Lord, with power. And let us hear with ears to receive understanding and revelation. And let it find a place in the good soil of our heart to bring forth good fruit in the days to come in our lives. Lord, it fall upon ready hearers and willing doers of your word. And we give you praise. And let everybody say in Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Being led by the Spirit, or we might subtopic this message, and you'll understand it by the time I'm done, a spiritual tune-up. <laughs> led by the Spirit. There are so many benefits of being led by the Spirit as opposed to being led by your flesh. Doing what the Spirit is prompting you to do as opposed to what your fleshly being is urging you to do. Some of the benefits that come directly from this Bible reading that I've done this morning tell us if we are led by the Spirit, there is no condemnation to them that are led by the Spirit. That means there's no blame or attack against your character. There is no sentence or judgment that can be laid against you if you are led by the Spirit. Another direct benefit from these verses is a freedom from the law of sin and death. You are free from the law of sin, free from the bondage of sin, and most importantly, free from the wages of sin. Another direct benefit is the obtaining of life 
in the obtaining of peace, abundant life and peace. I would suppose this is a lifelong aspiration of most people in the world today, trying to find life and trying to find peace. But right here in these verses is a direct promise that when we are led by the Spirit, we find abundant life and we find peace, the kind of peace that passes understanding. Another direct benefit from these verses is eternal life, spiritual resurrection. He gives us eternal life when this life is over. There is yet eternal life to be lived with him. And the finding of our true identity as a child of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. John 16, 13 says, When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. There are so many benefits to being led by the Spirit. To going in the direction that the Spirit is leading us to go. To arriving at the destination that the Spirit wants us to arrive at. To doing it in the manner that the Holy Spirit of God is trying to help us live our lives. And He will guide us to all truth. There will be a continual opening of our understanding. A continual showing of us the way. He will just help us continue to understand it better and better as the days go by. I'm glad to be part of a Spirit-filled church here today. We're not just exercising formal religious traditions, but we are here in the liveliness and the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. Yeah. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Yeah. What a tremendous verse. The Spirit helpeth our infirmities. Yeah. Uh, he's there to help us when we're sick, there to help us when we're down. But this word... Uh, that helps our infirmities goes beyond just sickness, beyond just if we're sick in the hospital or sick in body. It also means it helps our frailties and our weaknesses and our flaws and our shortcomings and our disabilities and our susceptibilities and our failings and our limitations. The Spirit is there to help us where we're weak and make us strong where we are failing to help us find spiritual success, where we have a shortcoming to help us become an overcomer. Walking in the Spirit makes up the difference in our life. Being led of the Spirit gives us access to power beyond ourselves and influence greater than ourselves. Let me, let me give you a very plain and bold statement here. When you walk in the Spirit, you can overcome your greatest enemy. You can overcome yourself. I say walking in the Spirit helps you overcome yourself. Helps you overcome your greatest problems and your biggest hang-ups and your biggest failures and your biggest setbacks. Because greater is he that is in me than me. I know he's greater than he that is in the world, but he's also greater in me than me. There's a force that's greater than my own mind and than my own will. We say, not my will, but thy will. Not my way, but your way. Not my plan, but your plan. We're saying there's something greater here than just me. It's God in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. If you look in the mirror and realize sometimes you're your own biggest problem and your own biggest enemy, the power of the Spirit can help you. Two verses later, after uh, the Spirit helps our infirmities, there's another magnificent promise unleashed. It's a promise you're very familiar with, but you've not perhaps connected it in the condition of being led by the Spirit. Romans 8:28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to His purpose. That's not a random promise. That's not just hanging there in the Scripture disconnected from everything else. You can't just pluck it out and apply it to any circumstances. That promise is given to people who are led by the Spirit. People who are walking in the Spirit. People who are in the flow of the Spirit of God in their life. When God is leading you, suddenly all things start working together for good. He takes the good, the bad, and the ugly and mixes it all in the mix and makes it all work out just right. He causes even the things the enemy 
would throw at you for your destruction. And it's like Joseph said, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. And the Lord's working things out for me. He's taking everything life throws at me and everything people throw at me and everything the devil throws at me and God's collecting it up and mixing it up and making it work together for my good. It's a promise of being led by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit of God. So it's a powerful, powerful uh, opportunity. You actually begin to overcome all things evil. You overcome all things fleshly. And you begin to reap all things good and reap all things godly. That's a good flow to be in. Overcoming evil and reaping good. Overcoming all the negative and walking in the Spirit of God. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. You're not under the Old Testament law that brings so much condemnation because of our evil deeds. But yet, the New Testament is not silent in reminding us the works of the flesh or adultery and fornication and uncleanness, lasciviousness and idolatry and witchcraft and hatred and emulations and wrath and strife and seditions and heresies and envies and murders and drunkenness and revelings and such like. Say, oh, well, he didn't name my sin. Such like, gotcha. Amen. Revelings and partying and lasciviousness and wantonness and such like. Just all the things that go along in the party life and, and in that area and everything that goes along with witchcraft and sorcery and that whole world and everything that goes along with adultery and fornication and that whole world. Just, just everything kind of like everything that's already been mentioned. It's all in there. Which I tell you before, as I've told you in times past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, <laughs> joy, peace. I'm glad he didn't leave us in that pile of mess. I'm glad the verse went on past that big old mess. It said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. There's another way. There's another pathway. There's another opportunity. You don't have to spend your life in all of those things. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Against such there is no law. I like the fact that it also said against such. Because there's more blessings there than were just listed. Love and everything that goes with it. Joy and everything kind of like it. Peace and everything in that realm. Amen. It's all there and everything kind of like that. When you're walking in the Spirit of God, the Spirit-led life enjoys the good fruit of the Spirit. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Amen. If you're crazy, just get saved. You'll still be crazy, but you'll be happy about it. Hallelujah. Amen. God, I give you love and power and a sound mind. Of course, all of the gifts of the Spirit that encourage us so much. Gifts of healing and working of miracles and prophetic words and word of knowledge and wisdom. And all of those things, they, they flow into and flow through a Spirit-led life. The grace of God is released in the Spirit-led life. That, that, that grace that comes down from heaven, that divine influence of God upon our lives, that favor of God upon our lives comes to those that are led in the Spirit. Divine, divine direction comes in the Spirit-led life. Clear spiritual decision-making is afforded to the Spirit-led life. Help is there. Hope is there. Strength is there. Understanding is there. Deliverance is there. Healing is there. Restoration is there. Victory is there. Blessing is there. Provision is there. It all flows in the Spirit. Maybe you just want to reach a hand up right now and say, hey, it's flowing. Exactly what I need is flowing into this service. Exactly what I need is flowing by the Spirit of God. He's everything I'll ever need at any place in my life. I can receive from the flow that comes from heaven, that crystal clear, clean waters of life that come flowing 
flowing down from the glory world is flowing into this place today. I pray that the Spirit will minister to you, that the Spirit will help you, that the Spirit will bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give the Lord a great hand praise right where you're sitting. Because you're in a Spirit-filled church living a Spirit-led life. And everything you need comes flowing to you when you're in the Spirit-led life. Now, that's all the good news. But there's a real important question today. If everything, all these good things and all these blessings and all this help is in the flow of the Spirit and being led by the Spirit, and that's where I overcome all the evil and all the uh, negative things, then, then, then how can I be led by the Spirit? How can I be led by the Spirit? How do I get it all to work? How do I get it all lined up? How do I release all of that and get all of that good stuff working in my life? Well, there are certainly some very obvious avenues of becoming and remaining led by the Spirit that, you know, we can just touch on briefly and you know that they are there. And that's, that's the Bible. Amen. The Word of God. Very important because it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. Get your Bible down off the fireplace mantle if you have one. Get it off the coffee table and open it up every once in a while and see what's in there. Amen. It'll, it'll give you some good instruction. Listen to it on MP3. Put a CD in or listen to it on your iPod or on your iPhone or something and see what the good word of the Lord has to say. It'll help you. Amen. I saw a cartoon the other day. Can't remember what magazine or what I was looking in. Saw a cartoon. This person, it had several frames, and in each frame they were praying, Lord, I need a word. Lord, I need a word. Give me a word from you, O Lord. Lord, I just need you to speak to me. And it just showed several frames and had the little, you know, box there, the little cloud where their thoughts were. And finally in the last frame, there was a big hand come down out of the clouds, reaching down, and it had a Bible in it. Here, read it. I've already given you everything you'll ever need to know. Let the Lord lead you to a passage that will be a good word for you for that day and help you be led of the Spirit. Another very obvious means of being led by the Spirit is the ministry of preaching and teaching. Amen. That's why people like me travel around all over the country preaching. We come to bring you a word, come to bring you some insight. Come because the Bible said, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. So you've availed yourself today to come and hear what's the, what's the Lord saying, what's the Bible say? what's the word of the Lord, and through the ministry of preaching and teaching. And, of course, I'm raising two young preachers in my household, and it's interesting to watch them. They're just always listening to CDs and listening to preaching. And uh, Zachary texted me the other night. They were over at the church. They were listening to one of Brother Cole's old sermons, The Importance of a Little Bit of Bread, and they're just living off of it. They love it. They're soaking up everything they can get. I, back in my early days, it was cassette tapes, and I had cassette tapes that I listened to all the time and listened to them so much until the tape got a little stretched and they started dragging and the sound didn't sound quite right anymore. Amen. But you, you can live off the ministry of preaching and teaching a good word. I remember one time many years ago and my wife and I were going through a very, very difficult season in our life, a very dark trial. And one of them times when at nighttime we just lay out there on the sofa and just comfort each other and, and uh, we would have a little CD player. We laid it right there by the sofa and we'd put them sermons on we listened to one of Brother Arnold's sermons, you know, Refuge from Despair. And I think Coming Out of the Cave was one. And we put it on, listened to it every night. Just the same message every night. Night after night after night after night. I remember as a young pastor, I'd go up to the church and I'd put um, a CD on the PA system. And I'd be the only one in there. And I'd go up there and curl up around the altar and just lay there and listen to the good word of the Lord. Speaking faith into my life and reminding me what the Bible said regardless of my contradictory situations in life. Ministry of preaching will carry you through and help lead you. And Then beyond preaching, there's the pastor because the pastor is something different than just a preacher. Amen. There's the pastor. The preacher will preach to you the word. He'll just throw it out there. I'm going to come tell you what the Lord's put on my heart from the Bible, give you the word of the Lord, pray over you, and see you later. But that pastor... The Lord gives him as a shepherd. He, the 
He's just like the good shepherd. The Bible said he leadeth me. Leadeth me. Amen. That's what the shepherd does. That's how you're led by the Spirit. God gives you a pastor to lead you and say, yeah, that'd be great. Ah, no, that wouldn't be so great. Amen. And if you know anything about the shepherd's song that talks about the good shepherd, he not only leadeth me, he maketh me. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Yeah. Pastor, don't just lead. Sometimes he makes you do some stuff. Amen. That's the good leading of the Lord and the leading of the pastor. He maketh me. Amen. He maketh me. He'll, he'll tell you, no, this is just what you have to do. Mm. That's good preaching anyhow, isn't it, Sister Barnum? Isn't that good preaching? Amen. He'll make us do something. Of course, of course, we know that prayer itself, and this is a great praying church. I've heard these prayer rooms so oftentimes so loud with prayers. It's a divine source of help and strength and spiritual knowledge. You, you only have a few minutes here and there. Just, just pray and talk to God and ask for his help. Just help me, Lord. When we prayed for this wonderful family this morning, just lost their son, I just prayed, said, Lord, they need help. They need your help, Lord. I'm asking you to just help them. Just help them through the moment. Help them through the next few weeks. Help them through what's lying in front of them. Sometimes we just need help, and our help cometh from the Lord. It cometh in prayer. If you believe all this, say amen. I want to present to you this morning a very less obvious but very powerful avenue of being led by the Spirit. One that you might often not think of, not quite so obvious as all of these, but so powerful, and it's actually built into you. You already have it, and it's built in if we can get it using it properly, and, and that is your conscience. Your conscience. It's an inner feeling viewed as acting as a guide to what is right and what is wrong in your behavior. What's that? It's an inner voice that comes to act as a guide to tell you what is right and what is wrong. It's a complex reasoning of ethical and moral principles that controls actions or thoughts. It's a moral sense of what is right and what is wrong. And can be as simple as a voice that speaks to you in moral lessons and moral advices. Your conscience will talk to you and help lead you. The problem with the conscience is it's a slippery slope. Because the conscience, although given by God, and starts out innocent. These little babies around here, they start out with an innocence in their conscience. And it starts out with moral goodness. The conscience can become corrupted. And your conscience can give you false guidance. So we have a slippery slope. First Timothy 4 says, The Spirit speaketh expressly. In the latter times some shall depart from the faith and give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They will speak lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. How does your conscience get seared over? How does your conscience get to that place? By, by disregarding it so often. You cannot listen to the voice that says you shouldn't do that. And if you just quit listening and quit listening and quit listening after a while, you can sear that voice over till it can't talk anymore. You can disregard the voice within so often. So you can silence that voice. Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way that seemeth right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You've done convinced yourself. You've talked yourself into it. You've allowed your conscience to become corrupted by worldliness, pleasures of life. You've allowed our conscience to get corrupted by entertainment and things of the world and by modern philosophy and things that are contrary to the Word of God. And now our conscience can't give us good advice. And your conscience can lead you astray and you will give yourself bad advice. 
You can give yourself bad advice. The blessing of righteousness is paired with a warning. They're all together. Here's the blessing, Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters, spreads out her roots by the river, will not see the heat when it cometh, and the leaf will be green, and will not be careful in the year of drought, and will never cease from yielding fruit. What a blessing. And right. In the middle of it, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And who can know it? There's a warning that says if you're going to stay in the blessing, if you're going to be over here where the fruit is, where the, where the good things come, where all the blessings of being led by the Spirit are, you better understand your heart can lead you astray. It's a very popular phrase. People say, well, just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. What's your heart tell you to do? Just follow your heart. Before you go following your heart, you better know what your heart's following. Be before you go following your heart, you better know what condition your heart is in. Because your heart can lead you astray. Your heart can tell you a lie. Your heart can become corrupted by worldliness and ungodliness and the evil of the generation we're living in until you can't follow your heart. That's why we follow the Word of God. That's why we follow the eternal truth that is forever settled, a secure foundation. Because my heart can get polluted. My conscience can become corrupted. My inward voice can become deceptive. And I can just start justifying everything I do. Tell myself everything's okay. I just talk myself into anything I want to do anytime I want to do it and convince myself it's all right. Until that word of the Lord comes and starts disagreeing with me and telling me, you know better than that. You know what's right and you know what's wrong and you know what's good. You say, do you really think a person can get, yes, the Bible said the last days would come when men would call that which is evil good and that which is good evil. He said, there's coming a time when the morality is going to get confused, when the moral compass is going to be off, when, when you can't follow just what you think is right and wrong. You've got to go to the Word of God and find out what is right and wrong. You can't let your morals be dictated by what you see on television. If what you believe is right and wrong is the morals displayed in media and movies and television and in music, your morals are going to be corrupted because all of the entertainment world is corrupted morals. They're not giving a true reading of what is right and what is wrong. I can't let it come from modern media. And all of us are so inundated with modern media. Everything from, from uh, movies and television and music and magazines and books and even the news. Everything is being skewed to tell us what is right and tell us what is wrong. And they're not getting it right. You've got to go back to the word of the Lord and get a clear compass as to how my life is going to go. I want my conscience and my heart to be bathed in the Spirit of God because it can lead me astray and become desperately wicked. But in its good condition, in its right condition, the conscience is one of the most powerful preachers who ever lived. So I wonder how long that preacher is going to preach this morning. I got my timer set up here. I won't be much longer. I wonder if these preachers preach. How long are you going to preach? Man, every time I come, they're always preaching about stuff. Preaching about this, preaching about that. One good thing about church, you know, I'll quit in a minute. You can go home and you won't have to listen to me anymore. Thank God he gets on my nerves. But there's a preacher that preaches a lot longer than I do. And he don't just preach on Sunday. Or she, whatever your case may be. She'll preach to you on Monday morning while you're brushing your teeth, while you're getting ready. That preacher have a little something to say. And you say, well, I don't think preacher, oh, that ain't none of his business. He don't need to be getting, preaching about this and preaching about that. Fine, but that preacher that's your conscience preaches about everything. 
all your business, public and private. There's certain things I may not preach about from the pulpit. I'll let pastor worry about them in the office back there somewhere. Get up underneath the covers and all that business and worry about all what's going on in the hidden part of your life. I'll just get on the broad strokes of the word here today. But you be assured that conscience, there's no subjects taboo. Takes a text from the Bible on everything you're doing and everybody you're talking to and every conversation you have every day. He preaches every day. She preaches every day. All day long, the conscience just keeps preaching. Try to go to bed at night and lay down, can't even sleep because the conscience is still preaching. Your conscience will talk to you. It's the greatest voice. It'll speak up. It'll weigh in on every single situation. It'll weigh in on every relationship. If you keep your conscience bathed in the Spirit of the Lord, that conscience will have a word to say about everything going on in your life. <laughs> I stopped reading at verse 14 of Romans 8, but the next two verses elaborate, said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Watch this. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. Now, that's a powerful place to be in when the Holy Spirit can agree with your spirit. When the Holy Spirit can say, that's right, that's good, do that. You're going the right direction, bearing witness with me. You get in that kind of a position, you have lined yourself up in the Spirit-filled life. When your conscience is bathed in the power of the Spirit of God, you have an inner guidance system that is set on automatic. Do you realize when you keep your spirit baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, baptized in the Spirit of God. You have a guidance system on the inside. There's a voice that will weigh in all along the way, bearing witness with what you're doing or giving you correction for what you're doing. Talk about being led by the Spirit. This is like your, like your guidance system in your car. I mean, every turn, make a U-turn. As soon as possible, make a U-turn. That guidance says, if you've done got it going the wrong way on the road, make a U-turn as soon as possible. Sometimes that's what your conscience says to you. Turn around as quick as you can. You're going the wrong way. Bridge out ahead. Trouble ahead. Turn around. If your conscience can't talk to you, let me talk to you. A conscience running wild without the influence of the Holy Spirit is dangerous. Who would want to have an inner voice, an inner conscience, an inner moral system that is corrupted and polluted and is immoral to lead and guide me? But the opposite is equally true. A conscious bathed in the Holy Spirit is the most powerful force on planet Earth for your spiritual journey. There's a secret of understanding in the verses of Ephesians 5. Be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine wherein is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It's an it's a age-old illustration, and the Scripture gives it to us, it, comparing drunkenness or intoxication with alcohol or chemical and then he says don't be drunk with wine don't allow yourself to become impaired or influenced or intoxicated with alcohol and chemicals you know what happens when somebody gets intoxicated it impairs their judgment they can't think right can't make good decisions their judgment is off there are people who literally go to a court of law having committed a terrible crime or done a terrible injustice, and their defense is, I was drunk. And we're all supposed to understand that when you get drunk, you don't think right. In other words, if I hadn't have been drunk, I would have been able to think better, and I wouldn't have made such a stupid decision. I wouldn't have acted that way in my right mind. 
but I was impaired. My judgment was messed up, and it was diminished and weakened and reduced, and I couldn't think right. But the, the Bible says don't allow that to happen to you. On the contrast, be filled with the Spirit because where intoxication impairs your judgment, being filled with the Spirit improves your judgment. Instead of my judgment being lessened or weakened, it gets strengthened and made clear. And now I can have a deeper understanding and it's amplified by the Word of God. And now instead of stumbling around not knowing what I'm doing or what I'm saying or doing things I shouldn't do, I have an ability to walk circumspectly and walk with the Lord because His Spirit is helping me. Bible goes so far as to say speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. I did a little quick study there of the three words, psalms, hymns, and songs, and found something that was similar in every one. Of course, a, a psalm is a prayer poem. It's a prayer poem. The definition said prayers, poem, format, and tunes. Hymns or choruses or chants that we sing unto the Lord, tunes, choruses, we sing them over and over and get them in our heart and get them in our mind. Little hymns, we used to call them 7-Eleven songs. They have seven words. You sing them 11 times till they just get in there. Chants, tunes, songs. These are ballads. These are stories that are told in the song. Jingles that get in your spirit. Tunes. Every one of them was talking about tunes. Until it began to realize that being filled with the Holy Spirit, rehearsing songs and prayers and melodies in the heart is a tune-up for the conscious. Gets it running smoothly. So you can be more easily led by the Spirit. See, see, I, I, I am down to my last three minutes here, but I was, I was that motorhome I drive, 40-foot diesel pusher, got a big old cat engine in it. And I notice I get out on the highway and get up to about 55 mile an hour and try to mash that pedal down to go, and it just kind of hesitates. I tried to go forward, but it just didn't get in any catch in a minute or two and then finally go, but just the power wasn't there. And I'd catch one of them hills and start trying to climb a hill, and I'd get about halfway up, and I'm just losing power, and it just didn't want to go and get down to about 30, 35 miles an hour. didn't want to go. Hesitating and missing. Go to push on it, pulling out from a light, try to go, and it just miss. It's supposed to go, but it just stalled. Well, come to find out when the diesel mechanic looked at it, it had one of the fuel injectors gone bad. He replaced that fuel injector and did some work on that engine. Man, next time I touch that pedal, off we go. Amen. No more hesitation. No more missing. Well, if you don't mind me saying, I think some of y'all need tune-up. Look to me like you're hesitating a little bit. Look like you're trying to pull the mountain and you don't have quite enough power to pull the mountain. Life throws stuff at us and the wind gets in our face and we don't have quite the juice that we need to get. But if you'll get a tune-up in your spirit, you'll touch that pedal to go forward and you'll feel the spiritual power driving you forward. Come on, you need a tune-up. Maybe we need a check-up from the neck up. You can all stand together if you'd like to. Hallelujah. Till you find a place where you're in the spirit with no hesitation, no missing. No missing. Uh, I go to a lot of churches that have a beautiful crowd like this on Sunday morning, Sunday night. Half of them missing. I say, oh, they need a tune-up. They got a miss in their spirit. Ain't supposed to be no miss in there. <laughs> See how I worked that in there? Bishop just worked that missing right in there. Hallelujah. Give altar call. I wonder if you're going to miss. <laughs> Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, your spirit-filled conscience will become an incredible help. I want you to know from the Word of the Lord there is help and strength for your innermost being. It will become a well of water springing up to eternal life till the Spirit is leading you and guiding you into all truth. And He guides you every day. You know what we need? We need a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning. We need our conscience baptized. We need our hearts baptized. Till, till my heart is baptized by the spirit of truth. 
If your conscience has been spoiled by worldliness, if your judgment has been impaired, if you're wandering about like someone gave you bad directions, there's an experience waiting for you in this altar today. Well, tune up your heart and tune up your mind and refresh your soul. Lord, we need your spirit. We need a tune-up in our being till I can hear your voice, till my conscience... My conscience can be the voice of the Lord. Help me every moment of every day, speaking to you from the inside out, talking to you about every situation. Are we still a church that believes in the holiness of the Lord, in the holy, true guidance of the Lord Jesus? My friend, if you're a guest here today, you're a longtime member, but you know your conscience needs a bathing of Holy Spirit, I open up this altar for you to come and pray. You can come and lift your hands to the Lord, lift your heart to the Lord, and let Him cleanse us. Come and seek His will. Come and ask Him for a renewing, for a refreshing, till He would deliver us and wash us and, and cleanse our hearts. Oh, Lord, become our shepherd that we shall not want. Cause us to lie down in green pastures. Lead us beside the still waters. Restore our souls, Lord, today. Lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. For we shall know that you are with us, that your rod and thy staff, they comfort us. Oh, Lord, prepare a table before us today in the presence of our enemy. Anoint our head with oil. Allow our cup to run over. May goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life, O oh Lord. Grant us the good blessing of dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. How about an old-fashioned prayer meeting here this morning at the altar? I wonder if somebody would go before the Lord with repentance in your heart. Say, Lord, cleanse me. Cleanse my soul. Cleanse my heart. Lord, I want to be right. Baptize my heart with your Holy Spirit. Baptize my conscience. I believe my conscience has been corrupted, Lord. I can't trust myself. I can't trust myself. I need you, oh Lord. You'll pray. He'll answer. You'll ask. He'll answer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, O oh God. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Oh Lord, lead my life. Lead me, lead me, I will follow. Lead me, I will follow. Lead me, I will follow. Woo! Open up your heart, wherever you're sitting, wherever you're standing. Open up your spirit to the Lord. I need you, Jesus. I need you. I need you, Jesus. I need you. I need you. There's a way that seems right. But I want the way that actually is right. The way of truth, the way of righteousness. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Here we are, Lord. Here all of us are.
need from the Lord right now. Talk to him about it. We've left the ministry of word. Now we're in the ministry of spirit. Healing is here. Hope, comfort, strength. Ministry of spirit. Be filled with the spirit. Feel the Holy Spirit. 